0: I'm Lorian Gibson, and this is What I Wore on Puff Daddy's Boat in St. Barts.
1: Welcome to What I Wore When, a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Perry Samitton. Each week, I'm sitting down with a woman I find fascinating to talk about what she wore during a pivotal moment in her life. We're using the power of style to tell the stories you haven't heard. In 2005, I was addicted to MTV's reality show Making the Band. I lived to watch aspiring singers and dancers audition for a spot in P. Diddy's new girl group, which would eventually become Danity Kane. But it was the show's choreographer, Lorianne Gibson, that kept my attention. Lorianne was kind of mean. Mm, maybe tough. Or maybe she just had really high standards. Regardless, this was a woman who wasn't afraid to yell, to demand and to insist that the group of rough talent she ended up with did everything they could to look their best on TV and land their dream job. As I've said before, I always tend to gravitate towards straight-shooting women, and even in 2005, I remember thinking how much I wish I worked with more women like Ann. She was no-nonsense, but she wasn't just a reality TV villain. She's the real deal. Born in Canada, Laurieann was trained at the prestigious Alvin Ailey Dance Company before becoming a fly girl on In Living Color. From there, she's worked with a ton of pop stars like Katy Perry and Nicki Minaj. Laurianne was also, famously, the creative director during Lady Gaga's early and critical period, choreographing songs that include Just Dance, Poker Face, Bad Romance, Telephone, and Born This Way. They parted ways to much online speculation and fanfare in 2011. More on that later. Most recently, She was a judge on So You Think You Can Dance, arguably one of the most demanding reality talent shows ever. And she brought that same level of constructive criticism I remembered from her making the band aids, with a little bit more positive reinforcement thrown in. When we met, we talked about that show, which I adore, her seemingly juicy history with Gaga, being a guest on P. Diddy's Yacht, and the time she wore sweats with a McQueen jacket to the Met Gala. Here's our conversation. So I'm going to start by asking you what I ask everyone, which is what are you wearing right now? Oh, what I'm wearing right now,
0: I'm wearing a Balenciaga sneaker. Chic. Yes. She's a bit shady because she obviously is a, a new design and I feel like the inspiration was an actual treadmill, which is why I love it even more. And then I'm wearing a Balenciaga pants. No, it's a, wow. I just realized that my set. favorite Balenciaga pants. That I think I bought sometime during my monster ball, and a leather jacket that I had hand painted.
1: What's on the back?
0: <laughs> my cholo version of myself that amazing street artist uh, painted for me. So the cholo version of me, yeah. But it's a classic biker leather jacket and a um, American Apparel t-shirt.
1: Yeah, R.I.P.
0: Yes. Rest in peace. Yes.
1: And because the name of the podcast is What I Wore When, you are going to be talking about what you wore when you went on Diddy's Yacht. Yes.
0: What I wore when I was on Diddy's Yacht with Naomi Campbell, my sis Mary J. Blige, in St. Bart's when we had Doc's Base. And I wore $39.99 dress. What year was this? Ooh, child. I don't discuss those numbers. But... What era was this? The era. The era was when... Like, are we talking when celebrities were real celebrities? Okay. So like early 2000s, mid 2000s ish.
1: Yes. And so tell me why this moment feels especially pivotal to you.
0: This moment is and was uh, very pivotal and special to me because I feel like the pressure to align yourself with what uh, people say is fashion and what fashion defines your self-worth or your confidence is things that young people struggle with. And obviously, it's coming at you more now than ever. And when I was a budding choreographer in New York getting on Puff Daddy's yacht Naomi Campbell was on the yacht. Mary J. Blige was on the yacht. Um, My very dear belated friend, Kim Porter was on the yacht. Uh, Obviously they were together at the time. And so glamour was all around me. I mean, they were getting ready for the party of the night. And I mean, Kimmy had a stylist. There were like cases and cases of wardrobe, jewelry. Um, You know, Naomi, obviously she had, you know, garment bangs of life. I couldn't even imagine what was in them. And Mary J Blage obviously had a stylist and garment bags, and then there was me with not too many garment bags. Definitely not a stylist, no accessories, no jewelry. I had to set my own hair. I remember roller setting my hair, and Sean coming into my room like, "Oh my god, it actually looked good at his buy because it kind of was a little bit old Hollywood, you know." I had roller set my hair, and I had bought a yellow dress. Tell me off about 42nd this dress. Street. They had this little store exactly on 43rd and 10th. And the things were very affordable, honey. The coin was affordable, but obviously you had to be a little snatched. The material was a bright yellow jersey. It was a alter top. Alter back with a clinch in the middle, just below my breast. So it had a little bit of a plunging neckline. Mm-hmm. It was cinched in the waist and it was a, a a mini, but it had a lot of material. So it was very flirty, you know, very dancerific. And the, the, the bottom of the skirt was cut in different layers. So it had like a jagged edge. So it had a little bit of an edge to it, but it was the bright yellow on my black skin that I think got me through and I remember Naomi saying, Sis, oh my God, your dress is so beautiful. What is it? And I was like, it's 3999. She's like, even better. Amazing. And then she gave me the confidence to just really connect with myself at that moment. And I realized that in a $39.99 dress and a roller set that I could battle with the best of them.
1: Do you still tend to buy like cheap shit or is that chip sailed for you?
0: Says the girl who walked in here with the Balenciaga, right? No, it hasn't sailed for me. Um, I am someone who likes to buy based on design, based on uh, structure, based on fabric. So for me, it's all about how things fit me and how things make me feel. It's definitely not label
1: driven. Do you still have the yellow dress?
0: I don't. I don't have the yellow dress because it's a bit too skimpy for where I feel I
1: am right now. But
0: that's the only reason why. I'm not showing you all of that.
1: How did you feel? Okay, putting on this dress, walking on this yacht, fabulous people. How did you feel?
0: I remember I felt beautiful. I felt strong and I felt confident because the design was definitely current, right? And the color was bold. And so I have a bold personality. So I think I felt perfect. I felt like Cinderella and I felt like I got there on my own terms. I felt like there was something about me that was different, obviously my dress and the cost of it. But I felt like there was something in that moment that I was becoming and that I was okay with becoming it. Because if I had made another choice, I would not have become who I am today. I would have surrendered earlier on in my personal journey, but to have stayed the course at the time and not made the choice to run up a credit card or find a way to have a garment that meant I belonged would have turned me into a different essence of myself and my creativity. I felt like the thirty nine ninety nine dollar yellow dress that I still see. And I can feel on and everyone was like, oh, my God, you look so beautiful. The reaction at that point connected me with the bigger version of me, which is your authentic self. And then I under—I started to understand the why very early in my career. And the why was because your confidence in your authentic self is truly the first fashion Thing you
1: need it's the skin you need to be comfortable in before you put on any garment when do you feel like you're your your most authentic self style wise like wearing what
0: well I do have to work out like I obviously I'm still a working choreographer and right. visionary so a big part of my fashion feeling great is definitely um being Inside out, so I like to work out and and make sure I'm eating right, mm-hmm. and um, I feel really confident in a great boot, great fabric, great structure. Right, um, even if I'm being sexy, you know, I'm a vintage Halston girl. You know, I I. Every single place I go is a dance floor. So my fabric's got to be moving. They got to be flirty. Um, I don't like to be constructed, you know, in an outfit that I can't move in, that I can't breathe in, that I'm not arm candy. I'm not that girl. I'm not put on a tight ass dress and just don't say nothing and be pretty. I'm pretty and I'm flowing. Everything about me is movement. So my clothes have to feel like they're alive and part of an experience.
1: Are you... Someone that considers herself a shopper. I'm a, I'm a shopper, but it comes in spurts. When do you like to shop? Do you shop like when you're bored, when you're excited, when you're depressed? I shop when I get a big job. Is that the first thing you do? Just like
0: I'll be like, what are some garments? What are some pieces that I need to add to my onslaught of armor? I call my clothes my armor. So there are shapes, there are fabrics, there are silhouettes that excite me. So you know, if I I know I have a lot coming up, or I just got a big job, I'm like, okay. I wasn't sure about, you know, the big sneakers, the chunk. I love a chunk. I'm looking for a boot. Let me go check out what's happening. I love this design. I'm going to get this sneaker. I know it's expensive, but it's beautiful. It's Balenciaga. Okay, no problem. But the structure, the heaviness of it, I want to be able to choreograph with that weight on my foot. So I'll buy like that. And then I'll buy a lot in a little bit at a time. And then a little time will go. And then I'll add a bunch of other stuff to my armor.
1: Where do you shop? In L.A.? Anywhere. Uh, online, LA. I'm not an
0: online shopper.
1: You like a physical store. I have to go into the zhuzh, yes. So like, yeah, if you're like, oh, I'm going to spend the afternoon going shopping. Where do you have first?
0: obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Saks. But I also have like a near dear, amazing uh, stylist who now come shopping with me. I've graduated to that point um, because I'll just buy stuff and not really be focused on what I have coming up too. So I do have a little bit of a consultant. Um, do you find it helpful to I have do. somebody with you? I do, because it's overwhelming. It's just too many options. And you get you get taken off track sometimes.
1: So when you started making real money, right? Like you've been doing this for a long time. When you first started realizing like, holy shit, I'm successful, or at least I'm getting successful. Yeah. Have a little bit of money. Did you buy something? Like, did you go out and buy that, like a Gucci bag or like what was the like fuck it purchase like i've made it purchase
0: i had a few fuck it pur- purchases early and bags were a part of that okay. 100% um so i always have a fuck it bag always even up to today i'm like ooh what is that shape what is that bag right um and then obviously i brought myself a rolex and um a cartier <laughs> and a couple diamond pieces. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: jewelry. Yeah. Jewelry. Yeah. Is that a weakness? Like a, a fashion weakness?
0: Not a fashion weakness, because I'm a loser, a jewelry loser. So I have to be very specific when I wear it. I, I am think my, too. Oh.
1: oh. I it's mean, it's scary. terrible. It's scary. it's scary,
0: and so I have like you know, okay, I'm going out someplace dark or whatever, going to dance all night. I'm
1: not wearing that. Right. Like, sweet. I just lost my diamond earring. That part. <laughs> But
0: um I think purses are my weakness. And then the cost of them is ridiculous and we're it's still so, doing but it but it's
1: so ridiculous and we still do it. It's bananas. I know. So you grew up in Canada, right? Yes. How? Okay. How did you dress when you were a teen? Like what were you into? I was into
0: pieces cuz I remember my first pair of red pumps. How old were you? David Bowie. I can't remember, but I had an older sister who loved David Bowie and I stole her red pumps. And I wore them so much that the, you know how when you wear your heels too much and the nail comes out? Mm -hmm. And I remember wearing them so much when she wasn't looking that the nail came out. So I started obsessing with items, I think very early, red pumps, bows. I had bows on everything. And then cowboy boots were my thing. Red cowboy boots, purple cowboy boots.
1: Were those things particularly trendy with your friends or were you setting your own trend? Absolutely setting my own dress, Like nobody in your school was rolling off with like cowboy know. boots we're and bows. Red and pumps. Red pumps <laughs> with a like nail falling yeah. out. Still like so
0: Right, but I think I blame my mother and my father that were very fashion-driven. My mom was uh, always making her own clothes and mine included, so she was a fashion designer, but came from a different time when they didn't encourage it. So I used frustrated fashion designer very loosely because she was genius. So I was peering patterns very early um, and she would design things for me and I would wear them to school. And I remember like going to the chalkboard and hearing the snickering and the laughing. And my father was also very fashion and uh, he would go to Buffalo from Toronto and he bought me like the first skinny pants when everybody was wearing wide legs and we called them gunfoot in Jamaican, gunfoot pants. So he brought them home and he put them on. And I was like, Daddy, Daddy, these pants are so skinny. He's like, we're them, them gun foot men. It's a new style. And I was like, okay, Dad, sure. No problem. I went to school and got laughed at. But I remember coming home and my parents were always like, you have to be you, unique. And you like the pants? And I said, yeah. And they were like, then wear them. So I got thrown into the fire very early in my house. You can never come home and say somebody laughed at you. And then that's why you're not going to wear it. That was like mortal sin in my house.
1: Were there ever any things that you were like leaving the house and then your parents were like, oh no, you are not leaving in that? Or are they just like, do you?
0: I think the contradiction was obviously red nail polish. You know, your hair straight when it should be curly. Anything that suggested streetwalker or loose girl in mm-hmm. my house was not allowed. Short, short skirt. Where you think you are going in that skirt? You know, um, like I said, we couldn't wear red nail polish. Our nails, hence my red long nails. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Rebellion. Yeah.
1: But um, eye makeup. Yeah. They didn't care about the red pumps. Well, I put them on when I got to school. Yeah, classic move. Changing in the bathroom. 100%. Do you care what other people think about the way you dress?
0: No, to the point where I think that that could be an issue as well. Why? Um, because I'm so independent of others' criticisms that, you know, um... We live in a place where there's so many people that do care. There was a period in my career where I didn't. And I think that I was actually held back a little bit because I would go to rehearsal and I would not look so cute. And I think my artists wanted me to look better than I did. And I would always be like, but I'm working hard for you. I'm sorry, my hair's not done.
1: You know, when you were starting out and you were a young dancer, were you conscious of image?
0: I wasn't conscious of it because it I wasn't was always, a thing then. Well, and I was always so confident in what I chose to wear that, you know, my dance swag was great. I wore Cabibou's with my dance tights and mm-hmm. a long trench coat. I mean, and a great dance bag. You know, dancers are very confident in you know, wrapping a scarf around your neck, cutting your t-shirt up and utilizing that for your hair tie. Or we're very body conscious. We're very unafraid to wear a sparkle in the daytime, you know?
1: Do you feel like because you've done so much work with other artists, like creative directing, and do you feel like now you're conscious of other people's images that you work with? Like if you get a big celebrity that you're working with, do you weigh in on how they should look or are you just like, okay?
0: No, I think I absolutely weigh in, but I think that I have weighed in on Gaga and Nikki, Katie, all of them. But where I weigh in from is their most authentic self. That I think is why I'm so successful as a visionary is that uh, when I met Gaga, obviously unsigned and all of the rest to pull out, uh, uh, the most authentic version of the performer, no matter what that ends up looking like, when we start putting the armor on or what the stage or what the light looks like, is why it always works. But I would never fabricate something. I would find what is what is their most inner dream and vision of themselves as an artist and speak to that.
1: You mentioned Gaga. And when I was doing research on you, I was Googling and like... It's so crazy. Like, there's so much. I know know. you worked with her for many years. Mm -hmm. You don't anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, facts. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's such a story there and like there's something. But I feel like, did you guys, it seemed like you had a harmonious working relationship and then it just kind of ended.
0: Well, I think the narrative is not correct all the time. And I think that... Not did I were obviously many years, but I was there from the beginning before obviously anyone curating what became the biggest brand in pop music. Right. And then it changes, meaning it loses its authentic ability to stay the course of the fact that I was the main contributor to the creative. Right. And that together we were. Uh, each other's muse and the collaboration between us was what was so great about what we were producing who we picked up along the way then bought into what we had already designed no one was there day one you know athletes call it shooting in the gym you know I call it when we first put on the bodysuit and the fishnets, and I was like, this is how I want to create, you know, and using the skeleton crews and defining what would be your style on stage, what the movement would be, all of that stuff, what we would say, how we would say it. Um, so obviously, as you grow, you have access to more. But because the original collaboration between us was so strong, you know, um, none of those things that you know we eventually got to was the reason for the success which I feel like is when we we separated the 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 brand as a musical performing brand has definitely shifted
1: do you feel like a piece of what made her work was lost when you guys parted
0: A hundred percent, yeah. And I mean, I say that with all the humility and love and happiness. Totally. Um, I haven't spoken to her since I left, but wish her all the love. And, you know, as long as someone's happy, that's really what you hope for because there was not happiness. That's why I had to leave, you know? There was ego. There was an insensitivity to the art of collaboration. There was a lack of ease with who I was. I was, you know very good at what I do. I was a black female in a lot of people's eyes that I shouldn't have had that much power. I shouldn't have had that much ability. It couldn't be right that this was the person that she was collaborating with. It didn't make sense in their world. A lot of oppression, a lot of, uh, you know, ignorance. So for me as a creator, I find it very difficult to operate in that type of energy and when something gets toxic it's no judgment towards anyway but for me I couldn't have continued to be the best version of myself
1: I feel like what you built with like the original Gaga do you ever think about like where that could have gone or do you just like move along onto no. the next
0: I think I have moments where I'm like oh darn it You know, like, Luke's. if we were still here, like if I run into a situation where I see something, I'm like, this is why if we had stayed together, we would be running this shit right now. Yeah, I have those moments because we had an incredible, um, pure connection of two dreamers and two very talented young girls who had the same type of theater upbringing, work ethic, and, and an inability to see The no, or a box. We both had a strong ability to see what wasn't there, you know? And sometimes you need just one person to believe. And she believed in me enough for me to be able to produce the world. And I believed in her so much that it enabled her to heal and transform and become the superstar that she always wanted to be. And is. Or not. Depending on who you (laughs) ask. Honey bunches of votes. (laughs) Definitely not in music. But hey, that's not a bad thing. No, I'm... I don't write the songs. I don't write the movies. I just do what I did.
1: Can we talk about making the band? Yeah,
0: how do you know about
1: that? Um... What do you mean?
0: Is something going on? No. What? Okay. No. Oh, making the band. Yeah. The other one? The original. Okay, great. There's a rumor going on.
1: What? That, that it's coming back? Yeah, that they're rebooting it. What? I know. Are Can they? you believe it? Would you ever do it? Would you be interested?
0: I'm talking to my brother now. My brother being Sean Puff Daddy Combs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you think? Okay. I mean, I, I'm having post-traumatic syndrome, is that what you call it, just off of the phone call alone? What do you mean you're rebooting it? It almost killed me. Reality TV then is not what it is now, so right? So
1: that, that's like one... Okay, one of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you <laughs> was because I started watching the original Make in the Band early 2000s. Now, you know, you watch TV, you watch reality TV, and there's people that are straight shooters. There are people that are, air quotes, mean. Yes. Like... There were none of those. This was before, like, he's not a woman, but like before fucking Simon Cowell and like all these people that are mean. And I watched you, you made such a big impact on me. I I always, Yes, you did. Always. I watched that show and I always said like, I would love to work with you because I gravitate towards women that are straight shooters. Uh I like women that come off a little mean, but it's not mean. No. It's just (laughs) hyper-constructive. Like, whatever it takes. And that show just oh made it just, God, I just I like have always, it just, it's hyper constructive. And I've always, <laughs> I like always think about you and I always think you're such an interesting example of like a boss. Oh, wow. You're going to make me cry today. No, really. I really feel that way. I've just always felt like a connection with you. And I feel like that show too was like so formative. But one of, I mean, it was early reality. Early And it was formative for me. I was just at a period of my life. I was just out of college and I had my own apartment. And I just remember like standing in front of the TV, watching those dances, like watching like Aubrey O'Day and her like orange, like sweats Sweats. and like trying to do those moves. I wish I could look like that. Like I just felt like. Wow. I always wanted to dance. I'm like, not very good. It just did something. Wow. And I feel like a reboot could go either way. Right. That's what I'm saying. I feel like you need the original team back together to do a reboot. Not Aubrey and not the talent, but like, or maybe, but I mean, I feel like you, you need you. I mean, I guess it could be replicated with someone else, but you know that person that tries to replicate you is going that. to try to literally replicate you, yeah, and
0: and that's not my and intention. That's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> Is, <laughs> is that, that what you possible? wanted to say? No, because I don't. I don't replicate myself. Right. You know, I think that I can't. I love that you said hyper. Constructive, yeah, because that's amazing. I've never heard that. But what I do know is that when you're dealing with, and early on it was an instinct that I now have curated and understand it. But I was a nationally, I mean, a, a technically trained dancer. I was also an athlete. I also came from a family of excellence. So meaning not what people say, but excellence within yourself. Like my mother always said, if you're going to be the garbage man, make sure you're the best garbage Mm -hmm. man at the company. So I always felt like when Puffy, who is even more enormously, you know, attached to a work ethic, says make a number one band, I was like, oh, Making number I don't like this lose, is a non-negotiable. Right. And I haven't, but it's also like when you're dealing with people's hopes and dreams, there was something in me that was such a natural warrior that I fought for people harder than I fought for myself.
1: And that's what comes yeah. through. Like when mm. I watch old episodes of that show, even now, that's what I see. Oh, I see awesome. that back in the day when I would watch, I'm like, okay, she's like, a little mean, like little, she's tough. And then they would edit. Okay,
0: so if I like had the girls over a month, I'm like, now y'all know I didn't scream that much in one episode. Who screams that much? Right. Like if I go, if I go, oh my God, you're amazing. Da, 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 da. They didn't do that. they no, just no, be no, like, only like, what do you think you're doing? Which is still the same intention, but it traumatized me because I was like, I didn't scream that much in one episode. Yes, I scream, but there's a difference between passion. And, um, screaming to be derogative or negative. sometimes when people are so afraid of what they believe in, if you don't come with all the confidence that you have in the vision that you hold for someone else, there's no way that they're going to catch on to it.
1: I was watching a YouTube clip the other day oh of like old making the band. And I was, like, literally laughing out loud because there was a what? clip with Aubrey Dancing. She was like making these gross flirty eyes at Diddy. And you were like, all right stop looking at him like he's a steak. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's so and real like, though, wait, right? It's like a 20 second clip. And the name of the clip on what? YouTube uh-huh. is Steak Dance. No. Yes, you have oh like, to send it to you. Write it that is, down, someone please help me. Steak, steak dance. dance. Oh my God, that's genius. Trademarked. But like it was the yelling. It was just so funny. you like, right. stop looking at him like he's a steak. But like... I got what you meant. You like, did, because yeah. you're my tribe. And she it, did, and she, like, toned it down. Because
0: underneath it all, look at the evidence of the steak dance. I
1: mean, yes.
0: Self-explanatory, yes. right? Yes. Trust yourself. Trust your gift. Like, okay, I know the man who has the money is in the room, but you're better than that. Right. You know what I mean? Stay the course. Stay like, the course. You know, women in those Don't moments... Don't play to that. Exactly. And if you do, then there's no judgment. But that's just not what I believed that's for That's not her. you. That's not you. Yeah, exactly. yeah, That's not how you yeah. lead. No.
1: No. Exactly. Did you have fun doing that, too?
0: I was young. I didn't know. I had fun absolutely making the girls and building the magic but when I got the reaction from people or like when I fought with Puffy and I had to walk out and the trauma of that and so yeah I mean the fact that they want to reboot it I'm sitting here like fresh fresh, like what I put that behind me
1: I feel like that's the culture now though like everything that People I talk to, like forward facing, like talent, uh-huh. that ever, a lot, so many big, meaningful projects that people think are behind them somehow, because everything's coming back around and they're always like, fuck, I'm faced with this again. Right.
0: But I do know, I, cause I have artists now, obviously, that are doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the digital streaming platform and all the different uh, avenues of success now, I do feel the one thing that is missing is. The passion is the process, is the ability to become an artist that can sustain longer than your one year run or sell at a stadium because you're emotionally connected to their music, you know? So I feel like there's a place where they have to know that this Insta shit is not it as far as greatness. Yeah, you can utilize it, but it can't be who you are. And if it is who you are, then it's going to have an instant life.
1: Do you think that's going to fade?
0: This insta shit. I do. And I think that's what is propelling me if it does come back to obviously re educate, because there's some young, amazing talent out there that I am working with. And when we do get in the room, and I obviously am an evolved version of myself, what comes out of them is greatness beyond is it going to be a process? Would I be mean? Would I be whatever? Of course I would just be me. So I don't even know what that me knowing I'm good is going to be even crazier than me not knowing. So I don't know. Do
1: you think Danity Kane was a good band?
0: I think they were until they drank the Kool-Aid and believed the hype of each individual person. They were five strangers that I put together, one had to turn this way, well, one was down, one was up, one was this way, one could do that. But it was such a beautiful springboard for all of them to have healthy careers. And very early, uh, they just turned on each other, which saddened me because it Damn, was so yeah. sad. I was like, why is that the choice? But again, the business has a whole bunch of different sides to it that present different Options and opportunities and appetites, and you don't know who someone is until you put them in the room full of
1: possibilities. So now you're doing—you're a judge on So You Think You Can Dance. I know, yes, um, this was your first season on the show as a judge, of course, as a judge. On it. Yep. Yeah, um, the season was incredible. Yay! That's my favorite show, my favorite <laughs> reality show of all time. I think it's the best show, and the season was amazing. Yay! Um, how was, was that, that a afraid? good judge? Don't you were, lie. you were the best judge. I mean, actually, I thought all four good. Well, I always felt that that the only thing that was missing about that show, the dancers were always sick. The choreography right. was always sick. I always felt like the judging panel never. It was always. It wasn't in sync. A miss, like right. Vanessa Hudgens, like get out of here. Like, what are you doing here? Like, no, sorry.
0: Like, totally. That, I like, mean, the whole community. She's was cute like, really? and cool, but like
1: that, I was like, I don't get it. Right. And then they had like. Who oh, they have? They had was it Neo? We don't even remember. I don't no, even know. No, it, was it was the other one. Um, Justin. I mean, Jason. Jason Derulo. Derulo, Like, mm. like, like. No, like that, you don't need him. Like, but this year I feel like they got it really right because they had the two OGs. Nigel and Mary, Yes. then they had you, Uh, which is like you're an OG in your own right. And then they had one of the former contestants, Dietrich, who was great. So good. He's the best. And I felt like you all liked each other. Who knows? You don't have to tell me if you did or you didn't. But it feels like you got along. You were on the same page. The dancers were good. The energy was really good. How was it working on that show? Did you like
0: it? I'm smiling with you because I had the same exact experience. When they called me, I was like, because I had produced uh, the four, which uh, wasn't coming back. And then when Fox called me, I was so ecstatic that Rob was calling me, but I was like, well, what do you want me to do? Choreograph on the show? And he's like, no, we want to give you a chair. And so I pulled my car over and they're like, are you there? And I'm just like snuffling. Oh my God. I'm like, Rob, I'm going to kill you if you tell anybody I'm crying. But I was, and I was shocked because I had journeyed so long with so much oppression because you're capable and um I felt like it was a chance for me to hopefully show other dancers and choreographers that and I say this very lightly that you know I feel like the good girl can win like the potholes that were meant to change me that were going to affect my ability, I somehow had enough faith to get around, enough fight, enough mean girl to stick to the plan. And I was actually getting an opportunity to sit on a chair and dancers
1: just don't get to the chair.
0: So I felt like I was going to represent a community and a journey.
1: Yeah, it was nice to see you because I've, like always admired your work, but it was nice to see somebody in the dance community in that chair and not just like a celebrity Celebrity, who's once danced before. Cause I always felt that the show was too authentic for that. And it always like, I just never understood that connection. Um, Is that show for real? Like did those kids learn that many dances in that short amount of time?
0: A hundred percent. How? It's our world. You know, and that's the whole thing. I mean, even with Bailey winning, you know, he was a B-boy. But the choreographers are exceptional. They they know how to give it to you, you know. They know how to digest it. Jeff Thatcher is executive producer and Mm -hmm. used to be a dancer and choreographer and still is in his own right. So, as a, I mean, he's a massive, incredible visionary. He knows how to feed it and direct it so that it is digestible. But you just really pick the ones that you know have the gift. Like you can smell them, like Mariah, you knew. And if she had the strength to endure it, then she would come out on the other side. So that's what you hope as a judge. You know, I knew what was in them because it was in me. So I wanted to speak to them early so no one got a chance to like put kind of like an insecurity or a defeatist attitude in them. So I just gravitated to all the underdogs in the audition process that didn't come with like a premeditated, oh, I'm a dancer. And you pick them and you find them and you see that they have the technique. So you know they will sustain what's ahead of them.
1: I mean, those kids work really hard. Really
0: hard. But that's the business, you know, I say. And that's just the beginning because once you get into it, what the reality of our world is, is a whole nother level.
1: Do you have a stylist on that show? Do you guys work with a a wardrobe person? I had my own
0: um Brandon Green who's just been supporting me since I had to start doing press and it mattered uh so no I definitely outsource my jewelry
1: were there strictures? Like, could you wear whatever you wanted during taping? Or were there things that they asked you to wear and not to wear? No,
0: the funny thing is when I got on and um, Brandon put me in an off-white dress very early. And mm-hmm. I was laughing because I loved it. But he was like, it's off-white. It's off-white. Mother, you're trendy. You are in... I'm like, I don't care whether it's off-white, off-blue, off-black. I love it, right? And obviously Virgil. And I I mean, I knew. But I like I said, I fight with him because I'm never going to wear something just because. But it was purple. It was a turtleneck it was everything that I am so we were laughing and I wore it and then after I wore it it started like trending amongst the young girls and so the network never actually asked me to approve anything because apparently Nigel told me oh before you came they never cared what we wore oh my god really (laughs) yeah I said I could tell because I was like what is Vanessa wearing honey I mean, and I looked at the shows before me and I was like, are you sure they want me on this show? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just took it into our own hands and and utilized the opportunity. And obviously as mother, queen of the dance, I just wanted to be as bold and as responsible to being a dancer myself and competing with what people think celebrity or or, or what should be available to somebody else should be available to us.
1: Can we talk about the time you wore sweatpants to the Met Gala? Oh my God, yes. (laughs) Can you please tell me everything about that? Well, I was choreographing Gaga at the Met Gala.
0: We were performing and obviously, you know, her and I got invited and I was walking around, but I didn't have time to change. So I had an Alexander McQueen uh, jacket and a t-shirt and gray sweats. I think they were from Roots, canada so they were a good gray Mm -hmm. at least and then i had gray you know what i mean Mm -hmm. not the wrong gray i know what you mean and then i had on a hat because my hair was ridiculous my weave was not even viewable so i had it all piled up under a hat and i had on these louboutins that i had worn i think it was maybe two weeks no it was might have been a month i don't know that i had danced with janet in the Michael Jackson tribute, and they had made these Louboutins for us. So, of course, I was still feeling the magic of my feet, and I just threw them on. And I was like, I can't go. I can't go out there. I can't go out there. I mean, there's gowns and Oh, my God. I mean, beyond, beyond gowns. I mean, like- now you guys see the carpet, but then it was even more cloak right. and dagger, right? So I was like, I can't go out there. And... Nicola, former Chetty at the time, obviously great friend, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Ah, oh, darling," ugh. and and everyone that was an icon was like, "Yes, you can. You're wearing an Alexander McQueen jacket, honey. I love. I'm wearing sweats." And they were like, "You are fashion, you know." And it's kind of was the yellow dress again. So I said, "All right, motherfuckers. Well, let me let me be me. I'm gonna walk in this room that says." I am not successful enough, I am not rich enough, and I'm not dressed enough, and I'm going to pull the focus, regardless of who you think you are, right? Because obviously my show is going to be amazing, so I started walking around, and I remember Puffy was like, sis, you look great. I was like, but brother, I'm not dressed like got. He's like, yeah, you are, you are fashion, And a few other people just was like, Al, you really doing this? I was like, I'm I'm working. I kind of had an excuse, but someone would have changed, but I didn't. And I mean, you know, it was definitely one of the best shows, I think, the year Gogs performed. But yeah, technically I went to the Met Gala in Sweats.
1: The yellow dress and sweatpants. I feel like both of those Gangsta, are key. Yeah. Gangsta. Yeah. And then, like, whatever, Balenciaga now. But, like, those two things, like, forever. Those are forever. I'm still that girl. Those are though. forever. Yeah. I want to do a really quick speed round with you, okay? okay? So just answer the first thing that comes to your Oh, God. Comes to your head. Okay. What's the last thing that you bought? Like,
0: oh, my gosh. Anything. Um, 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 some boots. From? Alexander McQueen.
1: What was your first concert?
0: Oh, my God. Oh, I think it was New Edition. Or Ooh. it could have been the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. It depends on what you consider a concert. Uh, probably New Edition. Okay. But um, Alvin Ailey's impressive, yeah. too.
1: 12 years That's old. That's more of a performance. My it's first that, introduction yeah. to the arts, maybe. There you go. Okay. What would be your last meal on earth?
0: I would have to say, oh, my God, one or two. It would have to be two. Jamaican escovitch fish from the beach. Yeah. It would be West Indian, Jamaican fish. Do you have any vices? Yes. What are they? Valencia, other sneakers? No. Um, My vice is my faith. I can't live without it. It's my Jesus. I'm like, I need that so before that I need anything. I don't think it's a vice, but it feels like my vice hmm. because I don't have a vice. That is my vice. So maybe I could say chocolate, but then even that.
1: How do you fall asleep at night? Do you have to do something? Do you have a show you watch? Do you no, have to be in pitch I can flat?
0: because I'm dancing down from the hours of six to whatever. So, so you I you feel it's hard for you to like come down? It's hard for me to come down even before sleep, I think. Come out of the creative. But when I go to sleep, I enjoy what's going to happen as a result of my sleep. I don't think I have a problem sleeping. Thank God. What era do you identify most with? Good sex will make you sleep well too. So that might be good. Yeah. Say that again. I say good sex helps you sleep
1: fantastically. So that, you know, I keep that flowing. What era do you identify most with fashion wise?
0: I would say um, the disco era. Yeah. And I'm also obsessed with the 60s for some reason. But I think a combination of that.
1: Would you be dancing at Studio 54 if it was oh, a thing right now? Okay. Yes, yes, you 1, would 10, be. I 10, know you would 10, be. percent Diana
0: Ross- all day long. I do it now. I just, they don't know what I'm channeling.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. just Studio 54. I'm all the day room. long.
0: Every, the, uh, just every time I go out and not. My life is that. Channeling constantly that energy.
1: Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so Thank you. much. This was so awesome. I almost passed. Um, <laughs> um, you passed. <laughs> okay, good. What I Wear When is a production of Glamour and iHeartRadio with new episodes dropping every Monday. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm your host, Glamour Digital Director Perry Samotin. Follow me on Instagram at Perry Samotin. P E R R I E S A M O T I N. Our executive producer is Ali Perry and our producers are Glamour's Kim Fassaro and iHeart's J.J. Posway. What I Wore When is engineered by Emily Marinoff and Derek Clements. Special thanks to Julie Shen and Deanna Buckman at Condé Nast. For more information on today's episode, go to glamour.com slash what I wore when.